Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here for the next hour, taking you until 8 p.m. Eastern. As we do each and every weekday, you can always check out the show on demand anytime you want. Just search podcast, look for Scout Fantasy Sports, and it is usually uploaded after the live show goes off the air. You can find all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis and on the gram at Aaron88. We have a ton of content. Hopefully you are still live and playing for your fantasy football championship. Of course, we'll answer any questions that you have. And the message boards and the forums, although I'm already getting lineup questions, relax. It's only Tuesday. We still have a lot of information that we do not know with injured players and potential shutdown guys. So I know everyone's excited to get to the Fantasy Football Championship. Congratulations if you did, but we still have a long week ahead. Remember, there is no Thursday night game this week. There are two games on Saturday, so we have several days to make decisions. So make sure you are patient. Don't rush it. Yes, we can set a preliminary lineup right now, but nothing is final because a lot of things are going to change, and we still don't have some answers. There are some teams that are out of it. They might experiment and look at younger players. So keep that in mind. It's going to be fluid this week, and a lot of things can change. The Week 16 projections are up by Sean Child, so you can check that out. I have my fab blind bidding guide up with the free agents to acquire. There's actually a couple of good ones this week that could make a difference in your championship run, so that's broken down in detail. Dr. Otto has his podcast as well as Fantasy Football 2018, Forgive or Forget, looking ahead to some players, whether you should – have convenient amnesia and forget about what they did this year and still go after them next year. Or, uh, you know, maybe you should uh, look at this year as a sign of things to come. So you can check all of that out. And, again, we'll answer all your questions on the message boards and the forums. Also, shout out to Dr. Roto, who goes in to the Fantasy Football World Championship online championship into the final week. He is currently in first place. That pays a nice $50,000. So, Make sure uh, we root for him there as uh, it's going to be a stressful week for him. I'm sure we'll discuss it on Friday and, and some critical lineup decisions for him coming his way. So uh, good for him, and hopefully he does well. Um, I'm, I'm in the fantasy uh, for the online league. I didn't make it to the top near the overall, but in the beat Adam Ronis online league that I did in Vegas, I currently have a 22-point lead going into the final week there so hopefully I can hold it down and make some good lineup decisions this week obviously uh, pretty low scores over the last couple weeks and I was fortunate to have enough guys to kind of keep me afloat near the top so we'll see how that happens this week Uh, I have I was in nine leagues this year for season-long redraft leagues was able to make the playoffs in seven and in five championships 
including the Greenwich Street Tavern League. You've heard me talk about that league with Chris Carroll. So I was champion last year, and I will get to defend my crown this year again as I was fortunate to get a victory last night with Alvin Kamara scoring that touchdown late. Came in 19 points down. My opponent, Matt Modica, who's been a guest on the show quite often, he had DJ Moore. I had Alvin Kamara and Will Lutz and had just enough to get it done in a week where I only had one touchdown for my skill players. I had Lamar Jackson, at quarterback. Obviously, he had one. But my skill players, only Alvin Kamara with a touchdown. It was that type of week, so I was just fortunate to survive. I was able to get by in my home league. I had a one-and-a-half-point lead going into last night. He had Mark Ingram. I had Kamara, so I was able to survive there in a PPR league. So it was overall a pretty good week. You know, did have an unfortunate league where I had the second-most points. It was bounced in the first round. And that was one something that I did on Twitter, I think it was yesterday. Because I don't understand the argument for people who are just go by records. Like, I got into a huge debate with a friend about this. You know, to me, points need to be rewarded. And there are still a good portion of people who think it's, it's strictly record. And I, and I don't understand that. And I, I'd love to do maybe a more detailed show on that in the offseason. But I put out a poll. And top six records got 31%. And then I did top four records and next two teams with the most points. Top five records and the next team with the most points. And obviously the points, if you include points, 69%. So most people see it that way. But there was still some pushback on the records. And here's the thing. We all know that there is variance in this game and there is luck. We want to try to reduce that luck. Now, obviously, if you play in the Fantasy Football World Championships, I like what they do. So... Four teams get in out of the 12. Top record is the one seed, is in. Then out of the next 11, the team with the most points is in. Then out of the next 10, the team with the highest record is in. And then out of the remaining nine teams, the team with the most points is in. You know, you have to reward points for something because we all know, especially if you don't do double headers, and I do double headers in my home league, that the schedule is random. You know, you could run in. To the highest scoring team, you know, think about this. First three weeks of the year, you put up the second highest score in your league each week, but you run into the team that puts up the most points each week. You're sitting at 0-3. How is that fair? How is that anything that you did? It's just random bad luck where you just run into the hot team every week. And yeah, maybe it evens out at the end of the year, but you're sitting at 0-3. You're already in a hole. You have little margin for error. You could have an off week the following week, maybe have some bye week issues, all of a sudden, you're 0-4, and you could have the second or even highest points in the league. So how is that fair? You have to have points come into account. And then some people will say, well, just play it like a Roto League with all points. Well, one of the appeals of fantasy football for many is the head-to-head matchup, the trash-talking against your friends. So I just think that we need to find ways to reduce the luck because we know there is some, and I think points is one of the factors. Now, so in my home league for years— I always did double headers, and every year, the top six records were pretty much the top six points. So the double headers were working. Last year was the first time that a team with the second most points did not get in the playoffs because he didn't have a top six record. And I looked at that and I said, "Wow, this is something that has to change." You know, he didn't he didn't complain about it either. He said, "Hey, you know, I didn't do what I had to do," but that's unfortunate because he clearly had one of the better teams. And this is a fourteen team league. To have the second most points and not get in the playoffs, that doesn't sit well with me. So I changed the rule this year to top five records 
And then out of the remaining teams, the team with the most points. And the team with the most points was the team that had the most points in the league. So if I didn't change the rule, the team with the most points in a 14-team league would have been out. How is that fair? I don't understand the people who are defending this. Well, he didn't win when he had to. Well, that's it, it's not all about wins and losses. I don't understand how people do not grasp this, do not see this. We need to reward points. And obviously the high-stakes leagues do that. And I see some leagues as well. I do play in a league where I am not the commissioner. They do top four records. Next two teams with the most points. And I had one of the better records this year. I didn't have enough points. You know what? Don't deserve to get in. I'm fine with it. You know, I was 7-6. and six, And there were teams, uh, a team or two that had a worse record that got in because they had more points. They deserve it. I'm not going to complain. Wasn't good enough. So this is not from my perspective and saying where I got screwed. I, I think points should matter. They should definitely play a part. And I think as commissioners, we need to do a better job of that. Also, the other thing that stood out too, I did see this uh, once or twice, have tiebreakers set for the playoffs. Because what if there's a tie? Even with decimal points, it's possible. So these are things that commissioners have to take care of in the offseason. Because if you don't have a rule in place and there's a tie, you know, there's arguments from both sides. How do you decide it? So there's different ways to do it. You could look to regular season record. You could look to bench points. There was actually a league I played in years ago, and they did do that for the playoffs. They said, all right, uh, have three players from your bench that are going to be used as your tiebreaker score. Now, there's a loophole there if you lose bench points. You probably can't do it in week 15, but you definitely could do it in week 16. You load up your bench with quarterbacks. They're going to score the most points. So that's a loophole why it's not the greatest idea. But, again, the goal here in fantasy is to always learn. Let's get our leagues better and make it more competitive. So uh, tiebreaker rule is definitely something that you need to have in place uh, as commissioner. Uh, make sure you also check out ScoutDFS.com if you want to continue to win money. Your season may be over, but we still have plenty of time at DFS. Yahoo did a great job last week with football. $250,000 in overlay. And they're doing it again for Week 16. Hop in there. Uh, I really didn't play it on it much, to be honest. Before, I did a couple free rolls, but they drew me in. This past week, I played. I played in basketball last night, cashed out. They also did some overlay in basketball. It was less. I forgot. I think it was, I don't know, $15,000, $25,000 in overlay. They did it again tonight, so I jumped in there. So uh, it's not that bad. The pricing's a little bit different. You get used to it, but you can put a good team out there, so you can check that out. And, of course, we have you covered. We have an optimizer with Yahoo, so that'll help you out. If you haven't played on Yahoo yet, you see all this overlay, come over to Scout DFS. You can... Use our optimizer. Play around with it. You'll see the different prices. Uh, there are definitely some guys that are mispriced. Centers are usually priced pretty low. There's a couple of really good values there at center tonight uh, that are very cheap that I wanted to get in my lineup. So we can help you out, whether it's uh, Yahoo, NFL, NBA. Uh, I don't know how many other people out there have that, but we've got you covered. DraftKings, FanDuel, Yahoo. You can check it out. Scout DFS and VegasWhispers.com. Once again, they've been on it. They had early last week. It was, I think, Monday or Tuesday they had tweeted out, under Saints, Panthers at under 53. The line dropped to 49, and it still stayed under. So if you got there early in the week, you know, they helped out and paid dividends. And they also already have some picks up uh, for week 16 of the NFL. So, again, at Vegas Whispers, VegasWhispers.com. Join, and you'll get set up with alerts. Uh, so, again, good luck to everyone in the Fantasy Football Championships this week. We'll help you out. Let's take a look at some of the latest news going on. By the way, Justin Lonero from Football Diaries, he's going to join me at 7.40 p.m. Eastern. We also have a lot of high-stakes players coming on this week. Chad Schroeder is one of the best high-stakes players 
across everything. You'll see them at the leaderboards uh, in the high-stakes arenas across several different uh, formats. He's going to join me tomorrow at 7.20 p.m. Eastern, so you want to stay tuned to that, get into the mind of one of the best in the business. Let's look at some of the top news from today. Melvin Gordon, full speed at practice today. Remember, the Chargers play Saturday night against the Ravens. Big game for both teams. Ravens still alive in the hunt for the division and obviously trying to get in the playoffs. And the Chargers still have a glimmer of hope to get that top seed. They're going to need a loss from the Chiefs. But big game here, so it's all pretty much certain that Melvin Gordon is going to play. He was close last week, and they did say if it wasn't a Thursday game last week against the Chiefs, Gordon would have been in the lineup and played. So you can get Melvin Gordon back uh, in your lineup this week. Uh, obviously, it's a tough matchup. It does not matter. I know the Ravens have been very good defensively, but Melvin Gordon gets huge workloads. It's a really good offense, so Melvin Gordon is back in there. Uh, obviously, if you've been rolling with Justin Jackson, this is not great. Uh, although Jackson could still have a role, Austin Eckler did not practice today. He's still dealing with the stinger, and he also needs to clear concussion protocol. So uh, at least you'll know early because the game is Saturday. Probably it's 50-50 whether Eckler plays. And even if Jackson goes, yeah, he'll see you know a handful of touches, but not enough to use him in championship week because uh, I don't think Melvin Gordon will be limited. You'll see him get a huge workload here uh, against the Ravens. The other thing to keep an eye on for the Chargers is Keenan Allen. Anthony Lynn, the head coach of the Chargers, said Keenan Allen is probably going to be a game-time decision this week. He did not practice uh, today. He has not practiced yet, so it's a short week. Well, it's a long week for them because they played Thursday. So, you know, Allen is a guy I think that could go out there without much practice and still perform well. Uh, again, the Ravens' secondary has been very good. The risk that you run is, is he a decoy? And that's something that we're going to have to follow all week. So that's why I'm saying, like, you can't really make these decisions so early in the week because we really don't know about Keenan Allen. And uh, I don't have Keenan Allen in any league that's left. Actually, I do. Um, and I'll probably have him in the lineup. It's a pretty deep league, and waiver wire has been closed. I think for most people, if Keenan Allen suits up, you're probably going to play him. But again, we cannot make that decision on Tuesday. We need to see what happens the rest of the week. Is he able to practice? Uh, if he even plays. So still a lot more to be determined there. Not a surprise here, but the Packers put Aaron Jones on injured reserve. I think we all knew this was going to happen. We knew it was a sprained MCL. That's usually an injury that takes two to four weeks. So Jamal Williams is going to be the lead back, and we'll talk some waiver wire coming up. And obviously he is one of the biggest pickups of the week. And some people I don't think realize that because uh, some uh, some questions I have seen where people were not sure if they should play him. And they listed their running backs, and I was like, Jamal Williams is easily a play over those guys. You know, he is going to get the full workload. We've seen him have success before. Look, we most of us believe. I know I was one that thought Aaron Jones was more talented and deserved to get more touches, and it took a long time. But Jamal Williams is going to get a big workload this week uh, going up against the Jets. So it's a good matchup for him. And we saw last week after Jones left the game, he had 16 touches, 12 carries, 55 yards, and a touch. Five targets, four for 42 through the air. So Jamal Williams, definitely one of the biggest uh, waiver wire pickups of the week. Interesting here with the Rams. They have signed C.J. Anderson. Todd Gurley is day-to-day -day with knee inflammation. Now, he did finish the game in Week 15, and he still put up a productive line. This just seems like an insurance policy, getting a veteran there, because keep in mind, if Gurley were to sit, I don't know if it happens, 
They're going against the Cardinals, and it's a really great matchup. Cardinals are terrible against the run. You've seen how bad Tevin Coleman has been lately, and Coleman exploded in that game. So I don't know if Anderson would see many touches anyway, so it's not like you have to pick him up. I still prefer to pick up John Kelly as insurance. You might see John Kelly and Justin Davis, but Kelly, the rookie, was the one who we saw this past week come in a couple of times, and it's a great matchup. So Kelly would be the preferred ad. This is something to keep an eye on. I don't know if this means anything, but I did see just before the show TMZ put something out that Todd Gurley was at a Christmas party on Monday night dancing. I didn't watch the video, so I'm assuming his knee is okay. The Rams are still playing for something. They still need to lock up a first-round bye. They're only a game ahead of the Bears. The Bears already beat them, so they can't mess around. Now, they probably should beat the Cardinals even without Todd Gurley. Uh, so it just is something to keep an eye on. And if a uh, Todd Gurley owner should have had Kelly anyway in the last couple weeks, we've been talking about handcuffs for weeks. You know, you don't have to do it, I think, in your draft. But once you get to the middle of the season with the buys winding down, you do want to handcuff your guys. And we have seen it pay value, valuable dividends over the last couple weeks. Damian Williams, a perfect example there. Lots more ahead. We'll continue to go over some of the latest news and the status of players for this week, as well as a look at the waiver wire. It's all ahead. You're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ron is here until 8 p.m. Eastern, getting you set for Week 16. It is Championship Week. Hopefully, most of you made it. We are here to help you. You can check out ScoutFantasySports.com. The Week 16 projections are already up from Sean Childs. Keep in mind, things can change. We have a lot of injury issues to deal with this week, potential players resting or being shut down. So I know you're excited. Just relax on the lineup decisions. We'll make them final later in the week. You can check out my Week 16 Fab Blind Bidding Guide. You don't have to worry about the money at this point. Whatever you have left, if there's someone's out there, get it. I'm assuming most of you do not have championships in Week 17. If you do, obviously, uh, you got to worry about this week first. And, you know, a lot of people are down their money at that point. So, you know, most of the guys are really listed high. And it shouldn't be much of a strategy this at this point with the money. If you have specific questions, we will answer them uh, on the message boards in the forums. Dr. Roto has his fantasy football, forgive or forget, his podcast as well. And, of course, scoutdfs.com, whether it's NBA, NHL, or NFL, we have you covered, including great tools and an optimizer. And, again, check it out for Yahoo Sports as well. We have the optimizer there, Yahoo Sports. They had $250,000 in overlay last week for – an NFL contest. They're doing it again this week. And uh, also, they had some overlay for NBA last night and tonight as well. Only a four-game slate tonight, but a couple of fun games and some good pricing there. So uh, make sure you check it out. And you, you might not be familiar with Yahoo. The, the format's a little bit different with the salary cap. It's $100 as opposed to DraftKings and FanDuel. So 
if you need some help, we can help you out at Scout DFS with the optimizer as well. So uh, come come aboard. We want to get you more money. Even if your season is over in the regular season, there's still ways to make money. We'll have fantasy football playoff contest as well at um, Fantasy Football World Championship. So there's still plenty of ways to enjoy football, make money, and, of course, sports betting, which is becoming more legal in more states. Fortunately, I'm in New Jersey, got the sportsbook app and making my plays and uh, making some money courtesy of the guys over at VegasWhispers.com. Let's continue to look at some of the top news here. Uh, Ron Rivera has not ruled out uh, ruled out shutting down Cam Newton for the season, and this is something that we've kind of talked about for a couple weeks. I do a stock watch every week, and last week I put Cam Newton in there saying, you know, he's really struggling. That that shoulder injury is a problem. If you watch Newton and you see him throw the football, it's not the same Cam Newton. Now, yes, he's had accuracy issues throughout his career, but he is not throwing the ball the same as he was earlier in the year. And you could see it in the numbers, especially over the last couple weeks. He had the four-interception game against Tampa Bay. Last week against Cleveland, he didn't throw a touchdown. It's the first time all season he didn't throw a touchdown since week one and against Dallas. And in that game, he had a rushing touchdown. He's not running as much. They had a third and one, and they had him in the shotgun formation. That's not usually what they do with Cam Newton. He'd be up under center and get the sneak easily. So he's clearly not 100%. Last night was just a dreadful performance. 131 passing yards, no touchdowns. Again, he threw a pick. He only rushed five times for 15 yards. So I believe the Panthers are mathematically still alive for a playoff spot, but it's going to take a lot of things. So there's a chance that Cam Newton still plays this week, but they're going to monitor him. You know, Cam Newton said that clearly something's not right. It's the first time he kind of admitted it. You can't you can't rely on Cam Newton this week. You just can't. You got to go with someone else uh, because you could see it, and it's reflected in the numbers now. And this is something that we do quite often is we say, oh, well, he's a star player. He's out there. He's playing. We'll get him in. But this is something that we have seen visibly from the eye over the last few weeks. So it's one thing where a player's been out and he's going to suit up and he's good to go. It's another thing where we've actually seen the player visibly play through injury for weeks now. So they might give him medication. They might limit him in practice. But uh, either way, you know, if he's out there, teams know that he's not 100%. He's not throwing the deep ball. He didn't throw one pass for more than 20 yards last night. So that makes it easy to defend. Teams know, okay, I don't have to worry about the deep ball. He's going to dink and dunk. And they're just going to cover the guys well. And you saw it. It was a dreadful performance last night that really hurt a lot of fantasy players if you relied on Cam Newton. And hopefully you did go in a different direction. And I can understand if, you know, some people stuck with Cam Newton. But we knew it was a tough matchup. The Saints defense has been playing a lot better. Uh, but if he did get by, because there were a lot of bad quarterback performances this week. I mean, fantasy across the board this week, the scores were low. You know, if you had one or two guys bust out, I mean, you had a pretty big week. Uh, definitely, it was in my best league, I think the lowest score that I had all season. I had mentioned I only had one touchdown in, in that league from a skill position player, and it was Alvin Kamara last night. So you got to be prepared to to be without Newton. Downgrade your Panthers unless uh, they make a change here. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Deshaun Jackson said he's hopeful to play this week for the Bucks. Now, obviously, that would be terrible for Chris Godwin, Adam Humphreys. They're going against Dallas, though, in Dallas. And I know the Cowboys are coming off such a future performance. But the Cowboys play much better at home. The Buccaneers, obviously, have been struggling. Uh, Jameis Winston's prone to turnovers. The defense for Dallas will play better at home. Dallas still needs a win to clinch. So it's not a good spot. And, 
you know, Chris Godwin has been a disappointment the last couple weeks uh, for sure. I did not use him in – I don't think I used him in most leagues. I think I actually had to use him in one 14-team league where I just don't have much depth. But he was not a good play this past week, but still no catches on three targets. I mean, it was the Ravens. Ravens ran the ball a lot, but that was terrible. And then, of course, week 14 against the Saints, he had 10 targets with one catch for 13 yards after you know the big game against Carolina with Deshaun Jackson out. So tough to use Godwin, especially if Deshaun Jackson is back, and it is a tough matchup here against Dallas. Jordan Reed still not practicing. They have a game Saturday. I'm actually surprised they didn't put him on injury reserve yet, but the Redskins are actually still alive, believe it or not. They were able to get a win against Jacksonville this past week. They are 7-7. Seven and seven. They are a game back of Dallas. They still are in the hunt for that sixth spot uh, as the Vikings are 7-6-1. So I think we all are just dismissing the Redskins, and rightfully so. Josh Johnson, a quarterback, but they went against the Jacksonville team that basically kind of gave up, and they were able to get a win. Now they go against the Titans this week. And they need to win. They're still alive in the playoff. And the Titans defense came through with a big shutout against the Giants last week. So uh, I wouldn't be counting on Reed at all. Aaron Rodgers, he had a groin injury in week 15. And he said the injury bothered him a little bit in the second half. Now, there has been some talk that the Packers might shut Rodgers down as they're not alive. But uh, Joel Philbin said otherwise that they expect him to play. Still a possibility. Look, Rodgers has not been good this year, man. He was not good last week, and, of course, I'll probably blame it on that uh, groin injury right now. Now, he is against the Jets, so it's not a bad matchup. I know the Jets played pretty good defense last week at home, but Rodgers has just not been sharp all season long. I know they've had offensive line issues, a lot of young wide receivers that have not developed, but he had a couple receivers open deep. He had uh, Valdez Scantling wide open and missed them for a long touchdown. Rodgers is just not putting up numbers. You know, no touchdowns last week against the Bears, one interception. He has not thrown for more than two touchdowns in a game since week five. I mean, the numbers for Aaron Rodgers this year are just dreadful. Yeah, he only has two interceptions in the year, just threw his second one against the Bears. But 23 touchdowns as we head into week 16 for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he might not get to 30 touchdowns this year. Who would have thought that before the year? So another guy that has been really difficult to count on when for years he produced. The Bills put running back Marcus Murphy on the injured reserve. He dislocated his elbow last week as LaShawn McCoy and Chris Ivory were out. And I was telling people, do not use Murphy. And maybe he would have finished with a good game. But even in DraftKings, it was getting questions. Nope, didn't need to. There was enough value last week. You know, I used Joe Mixon. Dalvin Cook were two guys I used a lot. Mixon was a lock and low for me in all my Yahoo lineups. He was $23. Bucks. Uh, DraftKings. Cook and Mixon were locked in. There was no need to go to Murphy. So it looks like Keith Ford's going to be the guy for the Bills this week, but no need to play him because they're going against the Patriots in New England, and I expect the Patriots to bounce back after two losses. So would not be going to any Bills running back this week. Uh, The running back that's going to be for the the Bills will be Josh Allen. I know he's coming off a game where he only had 16 rushing yards, but the Lions have uh, done a nice job of limiting the quarterbacks, but Keith Ford is not someone that you want to add and play this week. It's just too desperate. Uh, Edo Smith, he's done for the year. He's going to have surgery, and the Falcons promoted Jeremy Lankford from the practice squad, so it looks like he could play this week. You still don't want to uh, add him, though. There's no need to. Now, they haven't been giving Tevin Coleman big workloads this year, and I wonder if that's because uh, they don't think he can handle it, or they wanted to get Edel Smith in the mix. We'll, we'll find out this week for sure, but there's no need to add him. 
Uh, some notes on last night's game. We talked about Cam Newton and just how he's struggling right now. You know, Christian McCaffrey did throw a 50-yard touchdown pass. He continues to get it done. One of the best picks this year. And we talked about him in the preseason. As we got closer to the year, he just started going up and up. In some of the high-stakes leagues, he was going seventh, eighth pick overall. And uh, obviously, that turned out to be a great pick. He had eight receptions, 67 yards, and 11 targets. And again, especially if Cam Newton is going to continue to play through the shoulder, it's just going to mean good things for McCaffrey because he's going to get peppered with targets in the short game and just pile them up in PPR leagues. He had 15 carries for 53 yards. So even without that touchdown, although, again, he did have a passing one, it was a big game for him. Very down game for DJ Moore. He had a 22-yard carry and fumbled at the end of it. He had two catches for 12 yards. Ian Thomas, who had two really good weeks, was two for 14. So there was really nothing at all. And Curtis Samuel, one for 17. But when your quarterback throws for 131 passing yards, that could happen. On the Saints side, Drew Brees, another down game. But let's keep in mind the Saints have been on the road for three straight games. And we know that they don't play as well on the road. They went against Dallas. uh, They went against Tampa. And uh, Tampa has played better defense at home. And the Panthers, uh, still, you expected better. I mean, Brees is just... Look at Breeze's numbers over the last three weeks. I mean, it is just dreadful. 127 and one touchdown against Dallas in Week 13. 201 and a touchdown against Tampa Bay. And 203 and no touchdowns against Carolina. So uh, was shaping up to be an MVP-type season. Uh, he had four straight games of at least three passing touchdowns and now two in the last three. Still good overall numbers for the year. 31 touchdowns, five interceptions. But I think this week, though, you can probably count on them because they will be at home against Pittsburgh. I know Pittsburgh's defense has been pretty good. But we know how these Saints play at home, so this should be a bounce back week if you survive. Once again, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram splitting, but Kamara better in PPR with the seven receptions for 36 yards, and that's what he's kind of been doing. You know, he hasn't had these explosive games. He didn't have one yesterday. Fortunately, he got you the touchdown, 14 for 67. But he's been staying afloat with these high-floor games because of what he does in the passing game. Mark Ingram, 12 for 63, just very touchdown-dependent. And it looked like he almost broke one, and the next play, Kamara came in and got it. Michael Thomas, really the only guy you can rely on in the passing game, 7 for 49 and 9 targets. He did have three uh, catches called back due to penalties. Let's take a look at the waiver wire for this week because there are some guys out there, I think, that could help for your championship run. Not much at quarterback, and you should be set. I mean, if you made it this far, you're probably good at quarterback. I doubt you're streaming much. It's certainly possible. I mean, there's there's not much out there. I mean, the best guy that stands out is Josh Allen. I feel like we've been talking about him and writing about him for weeks. I know he's been in that waiver wire column like the last three, four weeks. But, you know, he should be in a position where he has to run a lot. Uh, it is the Patriots, and he's finding a way to make plays. He's going to take shots downfield, and it's worked. Uh, so he had 204 yards and a passing touchdown last week and a rushing touchdown. He has a rushing touchdown in three of the last four games. So he would probably be the, the guy. Uh, Baker Mayfield's probably owned in most leagues. He's got a great matchup this week at home against Sensi. I got to think Lamar Jackson's owned in most leagues at this point. So not really many quarterbacks to look at this week uh, on the waiver wire. I think in most of your leagues you should be set. Maybe it's different in a 10-team league. Maybe you have options. And, again, if you have specific questions, head over to scoutfantasysports.com. Use the message board. To me, probably the top pickup of the week is Jamal Williams. I got to think he's out there in a lot of leagues. Maybe the Aaron Jones owner handcuffed him, but with Jones out, he is uh, Williams is going to see a huge workload. He played on 86.6% of the snaps last week. He got all the touches after Aaron Jones left, 12 for 55 on the touch, and four receptions for 42 yards. Good matchup this week against the Jets. 
Elijah Maguire was probably picked up in a lot of leagues last week, but maybe he's still out there. People saw the matchup against the Texans and decided not to go that way. But Maguire's going to be the lead back over the final two games. He played uh, 56 snaps last week, had 18 carries, 42 yards, and a touchdown, and caught three of his four targets for 29 yards. And that was a difficult matchup against the Texans. So he got in the end zone. He gets a much better matchup this week. The Packers' defense is really struggling. So Maguire is in a good spot this week. Kalen Bellage is interesting. And look, I hope you guys did not play Kenyon Drake last week. I've been writing about him on my stock column, uh, stock watch, that his stock is down. He was in the Sinem column last week, and there were a couple guys in the Sinem column who actually did well. Full disclosure there, Kenny Galladay didn't like his matchup. He had a good game, and he went off. He was in there. But Drake was an easy guy to sit. It's clear the Dolphins do not have any faith in this guy. I did see a report that... They don't like the fact that he could lose yards on first down and they, that he doesn't run to the structure. He's an explosive player. He's has nine touchdowns this year. But after Frank Gore got hurt, and Gore is out for the year. Instead of Drake, they went to Kalen Balaj. And maybe they want to see Balaj over the final two games. You just cannot trust Drake at this point, man. He had four touches in that game after Gore left. And Balaj had a 75-yard touchdown run against the good Vikings defense. Now, Balaj does have a tough matchup this week against Jacksonville, so probably not someone you're going to start. Uh, he is there in my 14-team league, and my team is is not great. Somehow made the final. Uh, I guess it makes up for those years. I went back and looked at the history of this league. In the first four years of the league, I had the most points and didn't win a championship. This year, not as many points and made the final, so I guess sometimes it, it evens out. But uh, Bellage more of a flex play this week if you're kind of desperate because, again, it's not a great matchup. But who knows? With Jacksonville, you don't know what Jacksonville defense is going to show up. We've seen uh, them with great efforts in the last couple weeks and some horrific performances. John Kelly, obviously we talked about Todd Gurley a little bit earlier. You know, you get him just in case. Uh, Gurley does sit. You know, I guess there's a possibility. I don't know if it's going to happen, but, you know, you add him just in case. Uh, Lamar Miller left last week's game with an ankle injury, so it's possible we see Alfred Blue. Uh, it looks like the Miller injury wasn't too serious. Deonta Foreman could also be activated, activated as well. Eagles have been playing pretty good run defense. Kenneth Dixon, you know, tough to start him. Uh, but if you look at the matchup this week, they're going against the the um, the Chargers. So if you think they play from behind, then that would bow well for uh, Dixon because Gus Edwards not involved in the passing game. So, again, that's for deeper formats. Wide receiver, got to love Robbie Anderson. He's been tremendous the last couple weeks. Coming on here late in the year as he uh, had uh, a big game against Houston. 11 targets, 7 catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. And now he gets the Packers, who allow the third most fantasy points to wide receivers this year. So Robbie Anderson's in a good spot. Dante Pettis, we've talked about him for several weeks now. He has double-digit points in PPR formats in four consecutive games. as uh, 32 targets the last five games. Deshaun Hamilton emerging here for Denver. Second straight game, he had seven receptions with Emmanuel Sanders out for the year. So uh, double-digit points in PPR formats in each of the last two weeks. Not getting a ton of yards, but as the Raiders Monday night, Robert Forster has done well for the Bills. Season-high eight targets and seven receptions for 104 yards in Week 14, and then he went over 100 yards again last week with a touchdown. Does have a tough matchup here against the Patriots. Probably going to see a lot of Stephon Gilmore, so keep that in mind. Tim Patrick, someone else you can look at for Denver, and a tight end, Blake Jarwin of the Cowboys. He's got to be out there as he's... Uh, been heavily involved in the offense over the last two weeks in deeper formats Matt Lacoste because of the matchup with the Raiders when we return Justin Lanero from Football Diaries he'll join me 
As we look ahead to week 16, who can you trust? We'll let you know next right here at Scout Fantasy Sports. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. Get you set championship week at the game. Just got a gut feeling, no problem. Now you can bet from anywhere, anytime with the all-new MyBookie mobile betting platform. With the MyBookie mobile platform, you'll enjoy the safety and convenience of at-home betting when you're on the go. Try it out today and you'll never miss another winning bet. Head on over to MyBookie.ag. And open an account with the promo code FNTSY, and my bookie will match your deposit up to $1,000. Yes, that's right, $1,000. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Joining me now, it is Justin Lanero from Football Diehards. Justin, what's up? Mr. Ronis, how you doing tonight, man? Doing Doing pretty good, good, man. Just uh, getting through a stressful night last night where I needed Alvin Kamara to come through. Fortunately, he did to send me to a couple of important championship games. How did Week 15 treat you? Pretty good, man. You you know, the grind is on, man. So it's DFS and and obviously season-long leagues. You're asked to play in this league or in this. I'm in the Scott Fishbowl. It's it's crazy, man. It's a crazy time of year. But I'll I'll tell you what, daily fantasy kind of gives – a revitalization to fantasy sports if uh, if you get knocked out or if you don't make the playoffs at all. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I pretty much play every week anyway. Jumped into Yahoo uh, last week because they had the $250,000 overlay. It's yep. a format I usually do not play in, but they got me, man. I saw that overlay. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to hop in there a little bit and try it out. <laughs> so um, I actually did it. They did the same thing for NBA last night and tonight. So I, I jumped in there as well. So you're right, and I always preach to people, if you are out of your season-long league, we still have DFS. There's tons of ways to make money in this uh, fantasy sports. Absolutely, man. And you and I are blessed to be able to do what we do as far as radio, podcasting, and, and writing. You brought me in the game uh, a couple of years ago. I remember writing for you a little bit. It was It's, it's funny how everybody connects. No, that's what's great about this community, man. I feel like a lot of people, you know, help each other and looking to yep. get people involved. Obviously, there's so many people that want to do this, and uh, not everyone can. It takes a time commitment. Again, it's not brain surgery, but you know this. Once you get in, there's a lot of work that is involved. You know, you just don't come up with this stuff on the top of your head. You have to put in research, watch games, and there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, man, it's a crowded playing field, especially with data and analytics. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, you and I are – a little older, so it's the fantasy game is a little different now than it was, say, 10 and 15 years ago. I mean, I'm, when I get off with you tonight, I got my show with Bob Harrison. He's one of the OGs of the game, and you know, some of this data and analytics is just 
absurd, but it's a new wave, and um, things are evolving like everything else in this country. Yes, Bob Harris, a good guy. Got to finally meet him last year when he visited New York City, so say what's up to him. Uh, let's take a look at some, no some things that are standing out this week. Uh, Leonard Fournette, I mean, you expect huge volume from him, and then last week he didn't get it. We find out after, oh, it was part of the game plan to, to not play him much. He had one touch in the second half. Is there any way you can trust Leonard Fournette this week at all? It's going to be tough to, but I mean, you, you paid a premium in season long leagues, probably got him round two, maybe late round one. It's he's been somewhat of a disappointment. Look, he's a guy at LSU that was not heavily involved in the passing game. Five touchdowns, shade under 400 yards this year. He's got a Q tag this week. He's got a, the foot injury. So it, we might even see more TJ Eldon then Leonard Fournette, but it's tough to even a hundred percent Leonard Fournette at this point in time is going to be tough because I see him as a plotter, to be honest with you, a glorified plotter. And uh, there's quite a few of those in the NFL at this point. Yeah, certainly it is difficult to trust him this week. Uh, how about Kenyon Drake? You know, you see Frank Gore go down, you expect Drake <laughs> to get a huge volume. Instead it's Kalen Balazs. Do you think that's continues this week? I think Adam Gaze has used, uh, Kenyon Drake inappropriately he demoralized us myself as a Patriots fan a couple of weeks ago and he, he's a special talent if you watch him on tape uh, Kenyon Drake is a special running back he just has not been used properly but obviously you have to like what you saw out of Kalen Balazs um he reminds me a little bit of of Jordan Howard um but ran over 100 yards so maybe they want to see what they have in the rookie and, and look it's it's tough to see a guy like Frank Gore go down 35 years old but uh, kind of like Tom Brady. I mean, we, we might be uh, – the beginning of the end might be near. Talking to Justin Lanero, you can find him at Football Diehards. You know, Philip Lindsay, to me, was probably the waiver wire pickup of the year. Now, he has struggled mm-hmm. a little bit the last couple weeks. You know, 14 carries, 30 yards, and a touchdown against San Fran. Last week against Cleveland, 14 carries, 24 yards. You know, it did help him PPR by getting four receptions, but – is this a case of the team missing Emmanuel Sanders affecting the running game? Is it just a, a two-game sample here? Uh, can you trust Philip Lindsay here in championship week? I mean, he has a game on the road against the Raiders. He's gotten you this far, and we just saw Joe Mixon run all over the Raiders. So, yeah, I love Philip Lindsay. Like you said, Adam, it's probably the best story in, in football this season outside of maybe Josh Gordon and certainly James Conner. I mean, Heading into the the season, industry colleague Brad Evans, it was the came on our show it was Royce Freeman, Royce Freeman, Royce Freeman, and here's this local kid, Philip uh, Lindsay, just out of nowhere, and he's he's going to brush for over a thousand yards. So I absolutely love Philip Lindsay in this spot because again we saw what Joe Mixon did, and uh, it could be similar. We're, we're, the volume's going to be there; it's a part of their identity. I get your point and as far as Manuel Sanders being out. Defenses have to be more honest, but they do have a couple. Uh, young wide receivers into Sean Hamilton and Cortland Sutton, so that they, they want to see what they have in those guys too, and they're both talented as well. So it's you have Philip Lindsay; he's gotten you this far. You're not. I'm not going to bench him now. I'm probably the fantasy playoff MVP right now, and you would have said that I was nuts if I told you this even three weeks ago. Is Derrick Henry? I mean, Derrick Henry has 408 rushing yards <laughs> the last two weeks. He didn't top 58 yards rushing in a game this year until the last two weeks. Now, Unbelievable. I don't I don't know how many teams made it this far with Derrick Henry. I did beat a team that had Derrick Henry last week. So uh, Henry oh. carried him to that point because the rest of the lineup wasn't that good, and I was fortunate to survive. But 
Is Derrick Henry going to be a league winner again this week against Washington? I think he can be. Uh, if he gets the ball 25, 30 times, this is what they wanted when they drafted Derrick Henry. And then, of course, they brought in Deion Lewis from the Patriots to kind of compliment him. Might have been a 50-50 split, but this is exactly the running back that the Tennessee Titans wanted to draft. And he, again, I use the word plotter frequently, and I Derrick Henry has come off as a plotter so far in his career. But the last couple of weeks, man, you know, 20, 25 carries is a beautiful thing. If he's hitting those holes pretty good offensive line, he's a big guy. When he gets to the next level, he's going to be running over people. Again, he's gotten you this far. Uh, the timing is absolutely beautiful for, for Derrick Henry. I think going into next year, a lot of pe- people are going to have their eyes wide open uh, in drafting him probably round three. Oh, uh, he'll go there again. We know it. People react to the yep. finish. He was actually going there, yep. well, like third, fourth round this year. And yep. Yep. Uh, obviously, it didn't pay off. I mean, if you were able to get nope. this far and got him, uh, it worked out. But certainly earlier in the year, you weren't playing him. And I did get people uh, no. hitting me up on Twitter today that they cut him earlier this year. <laughs> you can't blame them, though, right? I mean, he was cuttable at a certain point. No, it's, no, absolutely right. I mean, if you, if you, if you have – I guess it, I suppose if your bench was deep enough to keep him. But what he's shown us so far at the NFL level, it's been you – know, I would have told you – Played Dion was nine out of ten weeks over Derrick Henry, but it's nice to it's nice to see because again, this is the guy that they wanted. He's a big back, and I think that you know the time is now. And, and, and next, going into next year, man, this could be a running back that gets 250 carries. Man, new offensive coordinator down in Tennessee. I thought they wanted to spread things out, but their identity is still going to be a part of the running game. And Derrick Henry is going to be a large part of that. I'm joined by Justin Lanero. You can find him for, at Football Diehard. You mentioned you're a Patriots fan, and you know it looked like we kind of knew what was going on in the Patriots' backfield for most weeks, but it hasn't been productive the last couple weeks. Sony Michelle, obviously touchdown dependent. James White has seen his snaps go down. Of course, Rex Burkhead's back in the mix. They have a great matchup this week. I think everyone expects them to bounce back and crush Buffalo. How do you look at the backfield, though, for this week? Who can we rely on in fantasy, if anyone? I don't know that you can rely. It's your guess is as good as mine, Adam. And this is just the way historically it's been with the New England Patriots platoon. Whether it was, you know, guessing whether it was going to be like Garrett Blunt at certain times. I mean, even going back to the Corey Dillon days, it's there's a committee. I think going forward in the future, from a volume standpoint, it's going to be Sony Michelle. James White is a centerpiece of the Patriots offense if they click. But again, I mean, 13 carries last week, 59 yards for Michelle, not much. Similar numbers the, the week before. He hasn't been terrific, although he's ran for 765 yards. So it's to try to get in Bill Belichick's mind is is very difficult. I think in a PPR format, you know, you, <laughs> you have to love James White. He was beautiful. He was, was a beautiful thing to watch week to week, but it varies depending on the game plan. I think it, Sony Michelle is going to have more touches than James White, whether or not he's productive, and we've seen the Bills get ran on. So I would probably go for Sony Michelle because we, we base uh, James White's production primarily on, on receptions. Adam Thielen let a lot of fantasy owners down last week, just <laughs> two receptions for 19 yards. Uh, he's had a couple of down games recently. I mean, he had a stretch to open the year. I think it was eight straight games of a hundred mm-hmm. yards. And I think everyone yep. thought he was going to smash these records and it just hasn't happened. He hasn't scored in two straight games now. 
Uh, is there concern that maybe he's hurt wearing down, or is it just, uh, you know, they had a big lead, didn't throw much, and he bounces back this week uh, against Detroit? They, they absolutely destroyed the Dolphins last week, so I think there is a part of that where they didn't need to use him a ton, and what he's done is, is spectacular. 105 receptions, 1,255 yards, 19 TDs. He had the Lions week nine, had seven targets and a touchdown, so he's capable of performing well. It's on the road at Detroit. Again, another guy that's gotten you this far. You're not going to sit Adam Thielen in a divisional matchup against the Detroit Lions. Uh, what a pleasant surprise he's been. Stephon Diggs has been almost as good. So it's, you know, some weeks they, they both eat. Other weeks it's, it's a Stephon Diggs week. Um, I'm more, I guess I'm a traditionalist Adam in that sense where he's gotten me this far. There's no way I'm sitting him now. Mike Williams got a lot of people far uh, this week after uh, exploding against the Chiefs. Keenan Allen did leave the game early, but Williams had seven for 76 and two touchdowns, also a rushing touchdown. Allen shaping up to be a game-time decision. The game is against the Ravens. We know they're a good defense. Is Mike Williams someone that you can trust this week, or does the matchup scare you too much? Man, that's a fantastic question, you know. Keenan Allen, once again, is, is hurt and spectacular. Until he gets hurt, it feels like it's always something. Um, even if he's some type of a decoy, you know, this, this Ravens team has been spectacular. I think Mike Williams is one of these bigger body Clemson wide receivers that we've seen come along and a matchup nightmare. So, you know, without Keenan Allen, obviously Mike Williams is going to get more targets. I think that Mike Williams, again, similar to Derrick Henry. This is, a, this is a player that the Chargers drafted in hopes that he would perform the way he has. And um, it, there's no way I'm sitting Mike Williams at this point, but even if Keenan Allen plays. Robbie Anderson really coming on late in the year. Uh, he really was quiet for most of the year, a little banged up. But 25 targets over the last three games, coming off a great game against Houston. Safe to say that if we have Robbie Williams, we're playing them this Robbie Anderson, we're playing him this week in our fantasy football playoff championship week. Yeah, man. Another guy, you know, string, kind of a string bean, taller wide receiver, all the talent in the world, just on a bad football team. And I think he's going to be another one of these testaments where force fed down the stretch, his numbers are, are going to be pad a little bit. He's only had thirty eight receptions this season, but he's a there's no question he's a he's a talented athlete. Not a lot of offensive weaponry on that Jets offense. So it's Robbie Anderson sticks out like a sore thumb. You're getting a, a home matchup against the Packers, like you said. 18 targets the last two weeks. I'm loving that. He has gotten in the end he's gotten in the end zone. Is he my wide receiver one? I hope not, but I'm definitely comfortable playing as my second or, you know, maybe third uh, wide receiver. Uh, absolutely. He's on a heater. I'm not sure if those teams with Jared Goff made it this far, but if they did and they have a decision to make this week, can they have any confidence? I mean, one touchdown the last three weeks, you can say, oh, it's at Arizona. They've actually been pretty good against the pass. Uh, how much is it going to take to put Goff in your lineup this week? Or are you going to look for a better quarterback play? It would, it would have to depend on, you know, who's out there. Of course, I mean, this is a road matchup against the Cardinals. And, and look, I, I think when you when they lost Cooper Cup, this, this is no bueno. He was a set of focal point of this Rams offense, and it hurts. I mean, Todd Gurley's banged up a little bit. You might not need to play him at this point in time. I mean, uh, I'm not sitting. Goff's another guy I'm not going to sit. There's enough talent on that Rams offense where uh, he's going to be in my lineup, but you know, I would have to take a deep look at it. 
at this point in time because, like you said, it was a dud week 14 at Chicago. But uh, Matt Ryan played okay against the Cardinals last week. And, um, again, they have weaponry. I'm going to play Jared Goff. Can we trust Josh Allen? I mean, he keeps producing. <laughs> you know, he's only 50% completion percentage. He is on the road this week against the Patriots. Even last week with just 16 rushing yards, he still found the end zone with a rushing touchdown. It seems like, you know, people might be deciding this week, Allen or Goff, Allen or Rodgers, Allen or Cam Newton. Uh, where would you go? Uh, can you can you play Josh Allen? I mean, he's had the high floor every week. Can he get it done in one more week in New England? A tough place to play. The Patriots are going to win this football game, um, I think, pretty pretty easily at Gillette Stadium, but it has been impressive. And he's, you know, he's, Josh Allen's still figuring things out. I know the Bills are similar to the Jets, where they don't have a ton of offensive talent around him. LaShawn McCoy's been dinged. But, man, it, it's been impressive. Rushing, rushing um, again, figuring things out as far as throwing the ball. The Patriots have an awful secondary. So his production is going to be sufficient enough to start him. Is he gonna, can he have a Cam Newton-type week? I like Newton's matchup against the Falcons, so I would roll uh, Newton in a vacuum, but it's tough to sit Josh, Josh Allen at this point in time because they're probably, he's probably going to be chasing points. They're going to be down, and he can get it done with his legs as well. I know you're a Patriots fan, but be objective here. Are they going to make it back to the Super Bowl this year? It's going to be tough. Like I said earlier, it's the, big, the beginning of the end looks like it's here, but again, I mean, the Chiefs are coming back down to earth. The Steelers are not that great. I think there's a definite chance. When you have Tom Brady, you have Bill Belichick, you have hope, and I think that it's definitely a possibility. I'm not going to rule them out. All right, Justin Lanero, you can find them. Football Dives, thanks for joining me, and good luck here in Championship Week. Anytime, Adam. Have a good night. All right, no problem. Again, Justin Lanero, you can find him at footballdiehards.com. You can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. Again, this is a big week. We have you covered. You can ask your questions on the message boards and forums. We'll help you out with who to pick up on waivers. Be patient on the lineup decisions. We still have several days to go. We have no Thursday night football game, so we still need to get some injury reports, see if any teams are resting. The Week 16 projections are up from Sean Childs. Dr. Otto's podcast is on the site as well as an article from him. My Week 16 Fab Guide as we are here in Championship Week and other ways to win money if your season's over. ScoutDFS.com, whether it's NBA, NHL, or NFL, there's still time to make money. And for all your sports betting needs, VegasWhispers.com. That wraps it up here. I'll be back Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.